Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The show, sponsored by Straight Realty, your St. Louis area experts. Why pay more than four? 314-441-4444. <laughs> Thanks for checking in on the show here on KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, course, Kevin Wheeler here. We've got Cardinals baseball coming your way in a little while. Uh, 12.25 for the pregame show today. 1.20 for the first pitch. Miles Michaelis starting for the Cardinals. Marcus Stroman will make the start for the Cubs. And uh, I've got the pregame show, so I have a little bit more about the Cardinals roster moves today and some of the things that are moving and shaking with guys going on uh, rehab assignments and all that. So uh, we'll make sure you're updated on all of that on the pregame show. And one hour from now, we'll bring Mike Claiborne in uh, and talk about all things Cardinals-Cubs going into this. Well, not going into the weekend. I guess, well, we're not technically in the weekend yet, right? I mean, we've started the weekend series, so weekend that adjacent. part we are in there, but we're not quite at the weekend yet. Well, we, you guys have uh, uh, an hour and 20 minutes, and then it's the weekend. I have an hour, I have two, I have like two hours, and then it's the weekend. I got to work tomorrow. Oh, you do? Yeah. But still the weekend. Yeah. Nobody feels sorry for either of you. No, oh. no, no, that's oh, not okay. the point. Are you really sure? wasn't the point. No, yeah, well, really wasn't. No, I sympathy think was not the point. Hmm. Well, maybe a little. No. Was it a flex? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely more that. Okay. I have this. I wanted to bring this up because there's been a lot of talk about the president uh, forgiving student loan. And so far, I mean, he has forgiven more student loan than many other president uh, previously. He's canceled more than $25 billion of student loans, although th- those have all been targeted, whether they're public service loan forgiveness, forgiving loans because of uh, permanent disability for borrowers and even borrow- borrower defense for like for-profit schools that have since gone bankrupt. But, like the Corinthian. <clears throat> like the Corinthian the, the college, fraud. Yeah. yeah. So he has not yet decided whether he's going to issue the blanket forgiveness of $10,000 of student loans for most borrowers. I think it's if you make $150,000 or less for individuals or $300,000 for married or joint filers. And this, in light of inflation, seems crazy to me because this is a highly inflationary action. The the student loan debt by blanket forgiveness of $10,000 will disproportionately benefit those who already have more money. The top 10% of households, it 
in fact, it forgives, I have the number here, 300, excuse me, $3.60 for the highest earning 10% households for every $1 to the bottom 10%. It is by nature regressive. Can I say this? That $1 means a lot more to the bottom than the $3 does to the people at the See, top. See, I don't buy that. It does. And it, I don't buy that to people who didn't go to college. No, I know. Look, I don't, I'm not arguing in favor of this thing. I'm just saying that that value is not equal. Like, if you take somebody making minimum wage, $100 is a lot. $100 yes. to a baseball player is nothing. Literally nothing. $10,000 to a guy who makes a million is nothing. But to somebody who makes 35000 big deal. That's a huge but deal. But if you're going to spend that money, again, I think you can. You have a better argument because people made the decision to go to college. A lot of people made the decision not mm-hmm. to go to college uh, because of this very issue of how expensive it is. It's already going to benefit the higher earners. The vast majority of student debt or a great, I should say, number of stu- uh, percentage of student debt is in graduate degrees and higher earners, people who are going to be doctors and lawyers and have the ability to pay that off. So I think a better argument could be made if we're going to spend billions of dollars, start forgiving some medical debt or even a car, car payment that people need cars to go to work. And this has been touted as a stimulus for the economy. Biden himself touted it as a stimulus. We don't need a stimulus in this highly, this heated economy that we have already it's by nature inflationary see i i agree with you that this is not the good idea like in general this is not a good idea there are better if you want to do something let's let's correctively move forward and make it so that going to college isn't going to cost you three hundred thousand dollars hold the colleges accountable this i mean like to me that's the step if you want to i would also agree with you on the on the forgiveness of medical debts more so than 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 the student loans so i i agree with you on that but people that don't have money that owe it, when they get it back, will spend it. They're not going to hoard it. They're not going right. to save it. They're not going to put it in a savings account or anything like that. They're going to spend it. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, I say this from experience. In my 20s, we had student loans, and that lasted, by the way, until I was almost 40. So I know the pain, mm-hmm. and, I still, and, I, and I still don't want them to do this. Um, and it's not because I'm going to be jealous. I don't care if, if they do it. I'm not going to be like, well, they got it. And I didn't, I don't care. I did what I did. I chose what I did and I, and I handled it. But that amount of money at that time, whatever amount, 10,000, 5,000 would have been me putting it right back to grocery stores, entertainment. No, no, no. But it's going but, back. But if it's going to the, it. if it's going to the people that you're talking about the top end, they, it's just adding to net worth. It's just adding to what you already have. It's not necessarily more. You're just going to be like you're going to spend because when you don't have money, you have to spend it when you do have it. Well, do we want people to spend or not? Because I, I know that, well, you know, I you, mean, you, you, they well, don't. That's why the Fed's stepping in. Yeah, we I know. Which is so, this but is some people don't have but, a but choice. Think, I mean, it's not a choice for most people. But think about how crazy of an idea this is. Our, our entire society is based on consumption and spending like everything. And now people are spending and it's like we're spending too much. Well, but this is important to me because Biden did just have an op ed in The Wall Street Journal saying, I understand inflation. I'm going to try to take steps and blah, blah, blah. And he calls it Putin's tax hike. Back in 2021, economists were warning the Biden administration that inflation was coming. And if you Google Biden downplays inflation, it's over and over again that he downplays inflation. He dismisses it. Jen Psaki kind of made jokes about it. Janet Yellen just admitted to Wolf Blitzer a couple of days ago she was completely wrong. And this is with 
one third of the amount of money that the Biden administration wanted to pump into the economy with the uh the stimulus. They did $2 trillion instead of the proposed $6 trillion that they wanted to pump into the economy. It was such a grave miscalculation of the inflation that would come by pumping and this so much money into the So what was the alternative at the time? Well, we have People to, just sink or swim? Good luck, Chuck. Have a good time? I mean, here's what I'm saying is we had to do something. I was in favor of sending the checks. Yeah. There was no discrimination with the checks. People who didn't need checks got checks, and that went into and the that's, economy. And to me, that's kind of a problem. But it was, again, remember, this was $2 trillion pumped into the economy. They wanted $6 trillion. Mm-hmm. Somehow, we are miscalculating exactly what we need to do. We've got two jobs open for every unemployed person. Well, I, I do think it's also important, and, and you're right, I, I don't think this was handled exactly correctly, but I think we have to point out that inflation is not an American problem right now. This is a worldwide issue. We are not, by far, we are not the only country that is dealing with uh, high rates of inflation. This is happening literally everywhere. So w- what I am uncomfortable with is is only assigning the blame to the current president here like where well, look at look at Biden's inflation it's happening everywhere gas prices high everywhere mm-hmm. it is not just the united states it's not one thing and i i would not say that my goodness we'd have inflation if trump were still president because he was a spender he was a spender yeah. too and there would still be inflation all over the it, world is there also trump though not a president. point to be made too that um in, in all of this, when we're talking about the, the large-scale economy, that we have people that don't need every break in the book who can get every break in the book because right. they have influence. And I'm talking about guys like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, who, if you look at some of the reporting, don't pay taxes or their companies don't. And I'm not saying that these are two things that are inherently linked to each other. I mean, they're, they're slightly separate, but the economy is a big thing with a lot of factors that go into it. So when we do something that's trying to help people that need help yeah. or don't have anything, yeah. it becomes a problem. It's it, it's it's causing these issues. But yeah, we're just going to look past the fact that Bezos isn't paying taxes. I mean, like if we're going to fix it, we got to fix everything. You know, and when we're looking when we're looking at like say for example, again, I don't agree with just canceling student debt. Right. But if the but idea Then what do you do going forward as well? well it's just impractical on every Correct. Level. Correct. But if you're doing these things, the idea is you're helping people that need help. Yes. All of a sudden, that's a problem. But we are always helping people that don't need it. Yes. Always. Because we say. Every day, nonstop. They're they're job creators, Kevin. Well, and I, I guess I. And, well, and, and I guess partly true. Yes. But, but it's not but the, the whole amount, story. But it's, it's disproportionate to the amount of help they get. And I just, I, I get tired of this level of dishonesty again, like. Again, Biden keeps calling it Putin's tax hike or Putin's Putin's, uh, which is not helping. By no, the way, no, but the gas prices were it's, already going but, but up. But it's 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 not on Vladimir Putin. But it's not what Putin is doing it's, is not helping. It's not monocausal, right? There yeah. are multiple levels to this. But Correct. for instance, in his op-ed, he touted that he lowered the federal deficit more than anywhere anyone else. Okay, the federal deficit has been lowered. Why is that? Because of federal tax receipts, which increase with. Inflation. Because of the inflation, we have seen an eight hundred billion dollar increase in tax receipts. That's that's inflation causing the deficit shrinking. So inflation's good. 
That, well, I'm saying is don't I'm take credit it was a joke. for it. Don't, don't yell at me. It was a joke. It wasn't meant to be good. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? There's like, nobody's really being honest here. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The voice of St. Louis. News that matters to you. KMOX. Listening to the show on KMOX, Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, course, Kevin Wheeler here. Um, you just want to do a will. I don't know that I have a lot to say about it at the moment, but there's some breaking news within the last half hour. If you guys want some, would you like yeah. me to, oh, to let read me? What let it me is? guess. We would love it. Let me guess. Is it an indictment of some kind? It is, but it's not the board of aldermen that we talked about at the beginning what? of the show. Oh no, we talked about that. Obviously, three of them, and we'll, you know, we'll have obviously news coverage on that moving forward. Not just us, but everybody on the station and the newsroom, and everybody else will be all over that. Uh, no, the news today is that uh, former White House advisor Peter Navarro indicted uh, by a federal grand jury on two counts of contempt of Congress. Hmm. So this is for failure to comply with a subpoena related to the January 6th investigation. 
So that's the breaking news. You guys yeah. have any reaction to it? I guess I'm not surprised. No, just, not really. I mean, I, at this point, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's like, OK, it, it almost feels like all of these indictments, all of these investigations are kind of blending into each other. There have been so many. You mean the the like the, the January 6th stuff? Yeah, and yeah. well, well, really, just the Trump administration. Mm. I feel so like so many every indictments. Day, yeah, I mean, indictments. There's always somebody associated with it that's indicted. As we as we mentioned with the the board of aldermen story, I mean, like indicted is not guilty. Right. We want to be very charged, clear yeah. about that. Like nobody's assuming or anything. Um, but Sorry. smoke, yeah, right? Fire. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> the analogy. <laughs> so it is yeah. Not convicted. Yeah. yeah. But I, I one forgetting ideology and forgetting specifics of January sixth. I do think it's important that people can't just tell Congress to buzz off. Yes. You can't just ignore a court, for example. The idea of being held in contempt is, to me is an important thing because if people are not going to acknowledge mm -hmm. the powers of the judicial branch or the legislative branch, then we're doing it wrong. Like well, if, then there are no rules and nothing. And right. that's, that's yeah. so again, not assuming guilt of anybody. Not even talking specifically about January sixth, but it should. It's it's not okay to just say, you know what? No, I don't want to talk to you. Right. If they have the if they have the legal power to call you in or to 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 you know to command you to testify, you can't just say nope. I don't want to. So let me ask you this: Speaking of democratic norms, understanding the. The gravity of a situation when you're dealing with the legislative branch or the judicial branch, or in this case, the executive branch. John Hinckley Jr., who tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan in 1981, uh, will be unconditionally released on June 15th. So in days. This blows my mind that I could be at the grocery store and behind me could be John Hinckley Jr. getting his groceries. Oh, hey, John, how are you? Good. Oh, how are you doing since the assassination I probably wouldn't talk attempt? to him. But do you know what I mean? Why does this feel really wrong to me? I think it's very unlikely you run into John Hinckley Jr. in the grocery store. <laughs> but I could, theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. Well, I mean, him, yeah. you know, how are you doing since Theor the assassination Theoretically, attempt. you and Brad Pitt could get together. Well, I ran into Stephen King at the grocery store. I saw Stephen King in a restaurant once. But the uh, point but anyway, is, yeah, no, I, I, if you try to kill a president, I think, to me, that is treason. And with treason, well, my goodness, I think they that was the That's not what he penalty. was convicted of, though. He wasn't convicted of trying to kill the president? He was not convicted of treason. No, but what I'm saying is, in my mind... That is tantamount to treason, and you should be in jail. But legally, for your legally life. it clearly isn't, or they would have charged him with it. Well, you're right, Kevin. I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I see, no, I see what you're saying. What, what, Amy, Amy, you do have a good point because if there's, if we're talking about institutions that should be sacred, yes. I think one of the institutions, and, yeah, and I agree sure, with you, sure. But maybe there's some nuance with somebody who was legally declared insane. So if you're this guy who was uh, uh, not guilty by reason of insanity because he's clearly crazy because the dude now thinks he's going to have a musical career. So well, if, wait, if, if he's still crazy, he shouldn't be coming out. Well, well no, but that well, hold on. Well, now, hold on a second. It depends on if he's a danger to other people now or not. This was decades ago. Okay. Is he still that same kind of person? Now the nuance comes in. Like, I can't define that. I don't right. know if he is. I don't know if he is a danger to himself or other people. And 
I, I don't want to label mentally ill people as incapable of having productive lives because that's not true. There are a lot of mentally ill people who can. And I don't know if he's the same person now that he was in the 80s. Well, I'd imagine he has made some so progress. They wouldn't let him out, right? Right. So I, and I, I don't know. They, and I, I mean, by they, I mean the, the parole board. Right. And I agree with Amy that there are some things that should be absolute no-nos, right? You cannot make an attempt on the life of a mm-hmm. president. You shouldn't do it to anybody, he really. Shot four but, people, by the way. He had right, six right. And, shots, and one, hit the president, and three other people. One guy's paralyzed because of it. Yeah. Um, well, he, and, and, and then passed away, ultimately. So I think that technically ended up, well, he, he is responsible for, for that death, uh, even though it happened many, many years later. But I, I, I agree with you on that. But if somebody is declared crazy and has gone through presumably treatments over the last several decades, at what point do we say, okay, you were crazy at that time, but now you are rehabilitated. Maybe we can let you out now. I feel like I understand what you're saying. It just, to me, feels tantamount to treason. It's like, well, I mean... But he, treason's intentional. He, he tried I, to kill... Again? You know what I mean? Yeah, yes, yes, but but intentional. Like, you know what you're doing. If you're insane, if you're legally insane... You could be insane and commit treason. But you don't know what you're doing. So that's why I think it's a there's a, a blurrier line there. Here's the thing that... that uh, if he had been convicted at the time... And the sentence was life with no possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would not be arguing that he should be let out. Okay. Right. But we do have to go by what the ruling was. I mean, based so, on based on yes. his sentencing guidelines, he was eligible for parole at a certain period of, for a certain after a certain period of time. And then it was up to the people that are making that decision. Sure. I don't know that I would have made the same decision. So I'm not really like in favor of him being out. That's not really my point. But yeah, I don't know if he should be or not. Yeah, I, 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 I really I don't, don't. I'm I don't just saying any... I, I can't say he absolutely should not be so, out. Can I ask you this? Why? How did you feel about Sirhan Sirhan, who did kill RFK? He was granted parole in mm-hmm. 2021. Isn't that disputed? Whether or not he actually did it or is he? Oh, I didn't think it was I didn't disputed. think that was in dispute. No. Oh. I mean, like, the, the, well, there are conspiracy pamphlet. theories that he did well, not that, actually yeah, let's do not, it. Let's not, do, I don't know. let's not open those doors. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You but, put that pamphlet back in your pocket. Yes, Ron, yes, we don't. Yourself. Put the tinfoil hat away. Uh, well, I don't know if it's tinfoil. No, it's, I get, I do get what you mean, because it's a sacred institution, yes. the presidency, the Supreme Court, you know, all of these, these are sacred institutions. Um, but a judge said it's so, he, he's eligible for this, and, well, For what it's worth, his attorney says that the psychologists and experts have said his mental disease is in full, stable, and complete remission for three decades. So. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
All right, rolling along on the show. We've got Cardinals baseball coming your way in a little bit. 1225 for the pregame show, 121st pitch. Mike Claiborne's going to join us in about a half an hour to talk cards and cubs. Uh, right now, we've got Rich Rubino on the line, political analyst, author of the Great Political Trivia Challenge, Political Trivia on Steroids. We've got a couple of interesting topics that we're going to be working on with Rich. First of all, Rich, thank you for doing this, man. Welcome in. How you doing? Oh, you're welcome. So, so glad to be here. Glad to have you with us because hopefully with your background and, and um, the, the, the research that you've done, maybe you can help us out. I've been asking a question a lot. Uh, I've been yeah. asking Amy and Ronj, and they're tired of, of me asking them, so I'll <laughs> ask you. Is it – I have a real problem sometimes with what seems like stupidity with federally elected officials, with people in Congress, with people that should be important people but seem like they're not quite – all there like not quite bright enough to hold that thing now what i want to know from you rich is a am i maybe making too much out of bad sound bites and and the misuse of words but also is this new like it feels new but i'm not sure that it is well yeah it's interesting because first of all politicians when you're in when you're in the limelight um when you're kind of under that microscope every time you make a mistake it's obviously going to be magnified and most of the time what politicians or whether it's working on more minor pieces of legislation or trying to get something in, into a more major piece of legislation at the district, that's a lot of what congressmen are actually doing. Um, so it, does, it is magnified a little bit. But that being said, um, you know, there are elections, and I guess, it, I guess to a certain degree it says something about the constituents and the people that elect these people versus the actual politicians because politicians are just really tribunes of the people who actually elect them. So perhaps you have to kind of, Look at it. Look at it in that respect. It reminds me of Dean Atkinson, who was Truman's Secretary of State, and they were saying something said that they someone told them they think Congress should be more representative of the people. He says no, they shouldn't be more representative of the people because the people are just as stupid as the members of Congress. <laughs> okay. So say something about them. <laughs> That's kind of where I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna ask you this. Like it's, it's all right. It, is it because like why are some of these people um, gaining influence? And like Kevin said, it does feel like it's worse now than at any other point of our lives. And maybe we're misremembering, but it just feels that way. Is it the electorate? Is it, yeah. is it gerrymandering? Like what, what exactly is leading to this where you look at people who very clearly should not be serving, but they still win it any, anyway? Yeah, you said that perfectly. Um, misremembered, I went back to Roger Clemens in the steroids <laughs> hearing. <laughs> I, I remember that correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, actually, gerrymandering has a lot to do with it because so many of these members of Congress, if you look at it, there are so few marginal districts where you actually have to, we actually have to win votes from the other side. There's only about seven districts, for example, that Democrats represent right now that Donald Trump run, went, won last time. Gerald Golden from Maine. Um, the district that goes all the way from the top of Maine down to about Lewiston. It's actually the biggest district, the east, the biggest district, the east of Mississippi, geographic-wise. He represents a district that went. He's a Democrat. He represents a district that Donald Trump won 55 percent of the vote last time. And there is no Democrat in the United States Congress that represents a district that Donald Trump did better in last time. He's also arguably the most conservative Democrat. So a lot. And you get to these points where you're trying to appeal in order to. In order to win for lots of these people, there are very conservative congressional districts in Georgia, for example, very liberal districts in New York and in the Northeast. And in order to win, you have to appeal. In order to win re-election, 
You're, you're more worried about the primary than you are the general election. This is the preponderance yeah. of congressional districts. Just think about Missouri, for example. How many districts are actually competitive in Missouri? And I can't think of any that I can think of that are kind of that are kind of that are somewhat that are somewhat moderate. It's either you're it's either you're, it's either you're a very liberal district or you're a very conservative district. And in order to win, you just have to go further left or you have to go further right, as opposed to trying to go to the center and trying to appeal to people that are kind of, um, you know, try, try to try to compete, try to appeal to people that can potentially be crossover voters. That's almost that's yeah. very rare right now in the current political sphere. Yeah. Kind of summing up, I think what we've talked about so far in the past two minutes are two opposing truths, which I both feel are true. I, I feel that one primaries are why we have people that nobody likes. You're forced to vote for somebody that you don't like. It's the lesser of two evils because of primaries. But also, when I look at the House of Representatives, I think, yeah, that's pretty much the people's house. It does represent America. It's a disaster. Thank heaven for the Senate. I know they're not that much better, but I mean, literally, how is that true that I'm voting for people I don't like, but when I look at the House of Representatives, I'm thinking, unfortunately, I think that's true. I think that's who we are. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously when they made that, the Senate was considered to be kind of the cooling saucer, if you will. Um, senators actually were originally not elected by the people. It was up until 1913 that actually the state you would vote, you would vote for the state legislatures, and then the state legislators would then vote for the United States for the for the would then vote for the Senate candidate. So back then, actually, elections essentially, when you're running for state legislature, they knew there was going to be a Senate seat up. They would say, "This is the person I'm going to support, and this is the person I'm going to this is the person I would vote for." But now the senators at least a little bit closer to the people. But it is true that if you look at Senate races. They can be a little more competitive. Montana, for example, has a Democratic senator, even though Trump won the state by 20 points. Ohio has a Democratic senator. And then you look at some Republican. There are a few Republican, more Democratic states like Maine that has Susan Collins, who's somewhat of a moderate Republican. And they both have to, in order to get elected, they both have to appeal to a broad cross-section of constituencies. The same thing, by the way, for governors. Um, for, 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 and if you're running for governor, if you look at this, this is a very interesting. Massachusetts. May, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Maryland all have Republican governors, and all three of them, they're all they're the three most popular governors in the country right now, and all three of those respective states were the three best states for Joe Biden last time around. Um, very interesting, but you look at on the other side of that, you look at some, some very Republican states that have had very, very popular Democratic governors, John Bell Edwards in Louisiana, for example, there was Mike Beebe in Arkansas, so Sometimes, um, sometimes when you when you're running statewide, you don't necessarily just have to appeal to these very specific constituencies and go as far right as far left as um, as as dictates in order for you. Because obviously, the number one rule, the number one rule, not only in politics but in human nature in general, is self-preservation. And everyone that's a member of Congress, unless you're not running for re-election, your number one priority is to stay in power. Rich Rubino is with us. He's political analyst, author of the great political trivia challenge, political trivia on steroids, obviously studies uh, how all of this works. So let's transition this um, to a slightly different version, but going back to the primaries and going back to that really kind of being um, the fight that that is maybe the more important one when it comes to who's going to be moving on to the next level. And I know that um, it feels like some of the old guard on the Republican side is starting to push back or trying to push back yep. on some of the newer guard. Do you think that's happening, one? And two, is, is that just basically what we should expect? Because even within each of the parties, there are certainly differing viewpoints on the world. 
Yeah, absolutely. And what Donald Trump did, and I can't really think of anyone who's changed their party since William Jennings Bryan in 1896, is he changed the way Republicans are supposed to view the world. Prior to Donald Trump, the Republicans, every president from Eisenhower to George W. Bush, including the last three Republican nominees, John McCain and Mitt Romney, supported free trade, supported at least at least most of the president supported more liberal immigration laws. Um, and they, they some of them supported a pathway to citizenship and on trade. They were more economic nationalists. I mean, they were they were rather free traders and and they were they were interventionist on foreign policy. Donald Trump changed in all three of those things. So as a result, in order to accommodate and because Donald Trump became the face card of the Republican Party, many Republicans now espouse Trump's views and have changed their own views. Now, some of those, I guess you could call them, I guess you could call them apostates, if you will, like Paul Ryan, the former Speaker of the House, who's kind of persona non grata in the contemporaneous Republican Party. He's campaigning for Tom Rice, for example, a congressman in South Carolina, relatively conservative, who's kind of an establishment guy. And he was one of the few Republicans who actually voted for the second impeachment of Donald Trump. George W. Bush has come and is supporting Lynn Chitliz Cheney in his in her um, in her run for a house seat in Wyoming. She's obviously one of the only one of the only two members who served two Republican members rather who served in the January 6th panel and voted for the impeachment of Donald Trump. So this is kind of interesting backlash between the establishment of the the former establishment of the Republican Party and obviously I guess you can say that Donald Trump does now represent the establishment because once you become once you take over power, you are now the establishment. So it's now Donald Trump's Republican Party. But obviously, there are some members of the old guard who are saying we need kind of pre-Trump Republicanism. And I'm fascinated to see what happens when Donald Trump egresses from stage left from the uh, political scene. Will the party go back to its to where it was prior to Trump, or has Donald Trump really remade the Republican Party? And will the new nominee of the party, assuming if it's not Donald Trump, whether it's 2024, 2028, 2032 and beyond, be a Donald Trump type Republican or be somebody who is more of a Republican or a more traditional Republican from everybody from, you know, Dwight Eisenhower up through um, up through uh, Mitt Romney and John McCain? Rich, an impossible question. And we have about 15 seconds. Yes. Do you like ranked choice voting? Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you exactly why, because. What it does, it allows people to vote your conscience. Go back to 2000, people say, did Ralph Nader cost Al Gore the election? Well, if you were able to do ranked choice voting, and you're very liberal, or for that matter, if you're a conservative, you want to vote for Pat Buchanan, you can vote for that person, it's your first choice, and then that person doesn't garner 15%, the second person becomes your vote. It eliminates the wasted vote syndrome, and no political parties can no longer tell you you cannot vote for a third-party candidate because you are wasting your vote. You actually get to vote for your conscience. So in some respects, you get to vote for your conscience, and then you also get to vote for your more realistic choice. So it's a win-win in that respect. Rich, great stuff, man. We really appreciate you, and we'll look forward to talking again soon, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. You got it. That's Rich Rubino. He is a political analyst and author, and his book, The Great Political Trivia Challenge, Political Trivia on Steroids, obviously get you some insight onto how some of this stuff works. I'm glad he knows the answers to these things. <laughs> it's fun. I don't, I don't know. Is it good or bad that it's just a reflection of us? The things are as weird as they are. Is that? Uh... I think it's depressing, but it's probably <laughs> always been that yeah, way. No, I know. Yeah. It always has been. We are the worst. What is it? What's happened? What's going on? What do you know? What just happened? What happened? I need to know. Trending now on the show. All right, trending now. 
where we are now on the show. Amy Marks, of course, Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler. We'll talk to Mike Claiborne after the top of the hour about Cards and Cubs. Pre-game at 120. Uh, sorry, pre-game at 1225. First pitch at 120. Miles Michaelis and Marcus Stroman of the pitchers. Um, what do you guys, who wants to go first on the trending? Who wants, uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. I'm, I'm all right. I'll no, go no, first. I'm happy. No, no, no Amy, I'm happy. go first. I'm happy because uh, I'll do, I'll just do a quick one here because there was one that was trending that Amy will also be interested in. Okay. Um, the last Jedi was just trending within the last little what? bit, and it was because people are mad about some things with Obi Wan. We've heard about um, you know some of the nasty racist stuff that were said to the actress that's playing Reva in the in the Obi Wan series, um, and people. It, the, the story of it was basically that the last Jedi movie was kind of the line in the sand where people that are super judgy mm-hmm. have said, you're not a real fan if you like this. And the Star Wars fan universe, which I'm a part of, but thankfully not super into, like super far into. I think some I think people it's would gone. call you it's, super into No, it. I am, but I'm not one of the people that's like, that's not canon! And yeah. yelling at people or being super angry because it doesn't fit something specific. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like it's trending as that's what it's kind of the line in the sand where there's like we were just talking about the split, you know, in the classic Republicans versus the newer ones. <laughs> that's how the Star Wars universe is right now. People are mad at each other. Yeah, well, it's all you know what it is. It's all you Comic Con kind of people. I'm not a Comic Con. Pe- well, the pe- you're the kind of person who would go to it. You're all I've insane. I've never been to one. Well, you would. There was just one Actually, here a couple I, of years I, I, ago. I was probably here at that. I probably did go to that one. For like, yeah, we honest did. to goodness, yeah. honest to goodness, I'd go to a Star Wars one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna dress up, but I'd go. Yeah, uh, I liked the Last Jedi because Star Wars doesn't. It's not supposed to take itself so seriously. If you are a Star Wars fan that is so serious about it that you don't understand that even the actors themselves had corny jokes in the movies because it's supposed to be yes. a fun thing. It's fantasy. It's, well, and it's not just that, but it, it there was always an element of goofiness to Star Wars. I mean, there are jokes in there that are goofy because yeah. you're supposed to have fun with it. So I liked The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. I, I've always found it just very odd. Star Wars, Marvel, any comic book thing. Game of Thrones, where if something doesn't fit exactly what was written or described in the book or the comic book or whatever, and people freaking, it just doesn't make it. It's entertainment. Yeah. Be entertained and yeah. enjoy it. Yep. Guess who's trending right now? Who? Uh, Tony Larusa. Really? Is what? trending. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. It's, and I, I was like, oh, what happened with Tony? So I'm looking on Twitter, and Joe Girardi was fired by the Phillies today. Right. He's no longer their manager. And I thought that's what fired means. Yeah. So I thought that maybe Tony had done something uh, positive, but no, it just looks like everybody wants him fired now. They said, well, if you fired Girardi, White Sox fans now want Tony LaRusa fired as well because they are underachieving this year. This is a this is very interesting to me. Well, the whole the whole firing dudes um, because players are hurt or teams aren't what the, like the 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 construct of the roster wasn't good. Um, is interesting to me. Like if you thought if you thought Joe Girardi was good enough to be your manager on opening day, this seems like an interesting time because you put together a Phillies team that's bad defensively, doesn't have enough pitching, and it got a bunch of guys that are supposed to mash. Well, if those guys don't mash, you're not going to be what you're supposed to be. You know what's trending for me? No, the Celtics. 
Because they had what? a heck of a comeback. Oh, my God. They had a last heck, night? heck of a comeback last night. Wow. 121-08 against Golden State. Look at that. Up by 10 and then lost by well, the Warriors up by 10 and then 12, lost I by think. like 12. Is it required oh, yeah. to, to adopt the Celtics because of Jason Tatum? Like in no. St. Louis, I mean. You know, you do whatever you want. That's kind of where I'm rooting. I, That's kind of where I'm going. I really like Golden State. I've always enjoyed that. Of course you do. Of course you Why do. not? Big bandwagon fan. They're fun. Mike Claiborne's going to join us after I the like news fun. here on the show. The show, sponsored by Straight Realty, your St. Louis area experts. Why pay more than four? 314-441-4444. Back in on the show, Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, Scores, Kevin Wheeler with you here in about 15 minutes. We're done. That's because Cardinals baseball is coming up. That's going to be pregame show starting at 1225. So 20 minutes from now, we hit the first pitch at 120. John Rooney, Rick Horton, Mike Claiborne, all in Chicago, of course, for this weekend series. It's a five-game series over four days, four left in the next three days. Our good friend Mike Claiborne is joining us from the broadcast booth to give us a little sneak peek as to what's going on there. Claves, welcome in, buddy. How you doing, man? How's Chicago treating you? Chicago is treating me well with the exception of last night. Uh, the game, <laughs> of course. The things that happened after that it was very fine. I had no problem with that. Yeah, Let me guess. Food, drinks, friends. All three, and they <laughs> uh-huh. tie for first. It's Tony LaRusso would say. No, this is one of my favorite cities to go to for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, the weather is good here today. Uh, we don't have that issue to deal with like we would have for opening weekend of the season when it was scheduled initially. But, yeah, this is a good place, man, good restaurants. Although, when you have a hotel, a very prominent hotel, mm-hmm. and they say last call at 11 o'clock, yeah. it's, there's something wrong with that picture. <laughs> That's, hey, that's all I'm like, saying. That's um, Wildwood timing. <laughs> like I, yeah. I know those I mean, 11 o'clock last calls. They're out of there. I don't get that. I mean, I mean, you know, I moved into the senior division, and I get it. And maybe I'd yawn a little <laughs> earlier, but never at 11 o'clock. They, I, well, I just they just, they, they, I'll tell you what they do. They wait till the seniors go to bed, and then they go, okay, it's clear. It's back open oh, again. Oh, it's clear. Yeah. Yeah, open the yeah. bar. Oh, but the blue hairs are gone. Let's go for it now. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Clabes, the thing is, in Chicago, when that bar closes, just walk across the street because there's another one that's open waiting for you. Well, you know what we did? So, you know what the best thing, Clabes, you know what the best thing is about this? Is that Ranji thinks he's going to teach you something. Uh. No, so what we did was this. So, you know, most of the time when people say last call, that means, oh, we can have one more drink. So one guy said, all right, tell you what, we're going to have a, we're going to have a, Four more bottles of wine, and you guys, how many drinks do you get? All right, we're going to get four more for you guys. And so we just, you know, quadrupled what we normally would have there because you go. nobody was driving anywhere. So it was safe. Uh, but we, we fooled them more or less because they thought they were just going to pack up and leave. Oh, no, no, no. No, we're going to need some ice. We're going to need this. We're going to need that. And, and we need some more glasses. So we, uh, we, we stuck around long enough to enjoy ourselves. And, you know, but it, I was really surprised by that. So uh, I'm sound- ready for them tonight, though. You I'm ready tonight. Great. Yeah, you do. You don't sound like you are out at all. Amy, let me just tell you something. I've been at this for a long time. <laughs> He's a big time, leaguer, right? man. Come on. It, it's all about balance, okay? <laughs> that, that's it what it's about. Out with the boys, up with the men? Is that what they say? Uh, as the great uh, George Kissel, the late great George Kissel, would always say, you can't hoot with the owls and soar with the eagles. You got to make your decision <laughs> which one you want to <laughs> So, you know what? I I, uh, I pace myself, have great balance. And you have to remember, I learned from the greatest of all time, Mike Shannon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, Mike he, Shannon, he taught me so many things in life, but that was one of them. And I remember our first trip to Chicago many, many years ago. And we had been out for a while. We, it was an off day. Uh, we had an off day the next day. And so we decided, he said, all right, big boy, we're going to do some running tonight. And little did I know what running. running meant to him. <laughs> and we hit a few means. places and we even hit a few places that were closed. All right. That's right. And so, uh, it's Mike Shannon. You always leave the door open for him. So it's really late. And so we have a tea time schedule for the next day. We have an off day. We're going to hang out, play some golf. And so we get back to the hotel. He said, Hey, I'll see you at seven. And I said, okay. And I was like saying to myself, no, we, we play at seven. So I called him and said, Hey Mike, you know, we play at seven. We have to be there a little earlier than that. So he was about to take a bath, all right, because you could hear the water running. And so um, I called him. He said, all right, I'll meet you downstairs. So we're out on the golf course playing, and a guy rolls up. He says, hey, which one of you guys are Mike Shannon? And he said, it's me. He said, hey, the hotel just called. Apparently, you left the bathtub running, and the, and the two floors below you are flooded. Come on. It's so Come so on. you would have thought. And so his thing was, what can I do? I'm on a golf course. Right, I, all I can right. do is say, you have my permission to turn the water off in my room. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept playing. <laughs> he kept playing. Oh, and he's he got a point. He what What's he going to do? do? Is he going to go exactly. back? Exactly. Like, what do you want me to do? Bring a towel <laughs> and mop it up? Thank you for the permission. So, so turn um, the water off. I have, you know, thousands of Shannon stories. They're all fun and they're all good. But he basically indoctrinated me on how to conduct yourself <laughs> yeah. in Chicago. So he did for First of you, all, you don't take a bath. You he, take a shot. He did for you what what Wayno and Yachty and Albert are doing for all the kids on the team now. And yeah, I don't mean like I don't wine, mean I don't mean off the field, although maybe off the field. I'm talking about like on the field for them. Well, these guys don't go out anymore. That's true. You know, it's they, different. They're, they're missing they're missing a great era of being a professional athlete. You, they don't go out. Or at least you, when they do, they go uh, and, and they get a private room or yes. something, but they're not at a bar, you know, buying around for everybody right. or letting somebody buy around for them. And, and that's the unfortunate thing. That's the society that we live in, but, uh, they're missing it. So I'm trying to do it on their behalf. Everybody's <laughs> got a camera now. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't. You, Chris, you couldn't be more right. Yep. And, and that's the thing that really is, has the, you know, it's taken away. It's really destroyed a fabric of what pro sports is all about. Going out at night. Yeah. <laughs> yes, going out at night. Get the you benefits know, I mean, of being a... I mean, it is an entertainment venue, right? I mean, yeah. 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 Klaibs knows exactly. this. Klaibs, you know this more than anybody. I think uh, you would, you don't, you're not going to have the Bobby Plager stories anymore. No. And you, you know what, Amy? You are spot on. That era is gone. And unfortunately, uh, you can tell the stories. And, you know, people like me who've been around for a while who, who remember the stories and maybe were, were part of some of the stories. But there's going to be a generation that will not, look at you like you have an eye in the middle of your head because they have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Clayton. I'm appalled that people do such <laughs> People used to go out and partake in beverages. Exactly. Now, let me get this straight. You guys actually went out and had at a bar? Yeah. You guys actually were there after the bar closed? Yeah. Well, you got you the guys, whole... You got the whole thing today, right? Like back in the day, this could have been a quote unquote slow day, but maybe a fast game because it's Chicago and everybody would have been out late and it's an early mm -hmm. game. So in the day, back in the day, that was a bit of an issue, but now it's not so much. No, it's not because, you know, back in the day, you play a game, you had a dinner reservations at a really nice place and maybe went out for a post post uh, meal cocktail of some sort. And, and you were back in the room at a reasonable time because you had a day game the next day. Right. Right. And uh, now, you know, we have a day game tomorrow. We have a night game tomorrow. And 
So it, this will be a balanced day, a balanced evening for me. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You got late. the doubleheader on Saturday. All right, oh, Claves, uh, looking uh, as to what's going on on the field. Obviously, last night didn't go the way the team wanted it to. Tough night for Matthew Libertor. Uh, but tonight, it's it's Miles Michaelis and Marcus Stroman, or I should say today. So that should be a pretty good matchup. It really should be. Um, you know, Miles Michaelis is our best pitcher right now. And while he's had some tough luck as far as decisions are concerned, he's given the Cardinals a chance to win every game he's pitched in this year. And, you know, they're going to go with Marcus Stroman, a guy we we haven't seen a lot because he's pitched in the American League and he was with the, in, in the Eastern Division with yeah. the Mets and we didn't play the Mets uh, during the pandemic. So we, we haven't seen a great deal. But guess what, Kevin? Guess who hits Marcus Stroman well? I'll give you three guesses and you only really need one. All right, so um, Albert. Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, okay. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt, yeah. if you're a pitcher, he hits you well. He's hitting everyone. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about this, two things. One, he's hitting every good pitcher as well as bad pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Okay? This isn't like he's hitting rag arms. But the other thing is what he's doing with two strikes is amazing. Now, I know he got called out on strikes last night, but uh, – he is a guy that has just murdered pitchers with two strikes, and he's setting so many guys up. So I'm anxious to see what he's able to do today against a good pitcher in Marcus Stroman. Yeah, you were talking about the pitching and how Miles Michaelis is doing right now. We're a third of the way through the season. First two months of the season are, well, I guess we're about a third of the way through. As you look at this uh, team, you look at the division, you look at the landscape of the National League, how confident are you in, in this Cardinals team that despite the injuries, despite the things they have dealt with so far, will be in the playoffs and therefore make a run? I know it's a, it's a long way off, but as you look at them, how do you see them? Well, it's a good question. And Kevin, you might have to give Chris a heads up on my actual day of evaluation. Yeah, it's, not, it's not yet, Ron. Oh, it's not, is it and really, it's been moved day. back. It's flag it's day. Flag okay. Day. It's supposed to be normally post-memorial day. day. Oh, no, no, it's flag day. Okay, and, and we moved it back to the fourth of July this year because of the lockout. Oh, okay, all right, all right. that's we fair. Had ample right. time to evaluate everyone, but uh, you know, just small sample size to me. I think the Cardinals should be in postseason play. Uh, the division that they're in is not very good beyond the Cardinals and Milwaukee, so you you don't have to look over your shoulder very much. And then when you look around at the other divisions, that Western division is really good. Although San Diego's had a little bump in the road here recently. In the East, you know, the Mets look like they're going to run away with that thing. Yeah. I mean, I thought I really thought Miami would be more competitive, mm. and maybe they might turn it around. Uh, we all knew Washington was going to be awful, and yep. they have they've lived up to that expectation. Philadelphia fired their manager today, so you ought, that ought to tell you what what they're going through. So you know, it's one in Atlanta is not trying to find themselves. Yeah. So. I think it's going to be hard for the Cardinals not to get into postseason unless something catastrophic takes place. And speaking of catastrophic, we had this walkathon last night, and I've learned already mm -hmm. that if there's one thing Oliver Marmel is not a fan of, is walks. Yep. Because, you know, Kevin, you saw it firsthand last year, where, and it was around this time of the year. As a matter of fact, it started June 29th, I mean, May 29th, where right. we couldn't when Jack get anybody down. out. Yeah. And we saw a hint of that last night, and I think, um, it was one of the first times we've seen Ollie have the red ass about something. He was not a happy man and was still smoking this morning when I talked to him mm. about it. And the Cardinals have made some roster changes. Uh, Matthew Libertor is out. Cody Whitley is out. And uh, we, we're going to see Jake, Jake uh, Thompson, uh, the for, former first-round pick in 2019, Zach Thompson, and also uh, Johan Oviedo, 
who I think is on a short leash. Yeah. I mean, they've really been patient with him. And really, it was an unfortunate situation they threw him in uh, when COVID broke out. He really wasn't ready, and they, but they didn't have anybody else to pitch. So he's in Memphis. He started in Memphis this year. They say he's been okay. But I, I'll tell you this, if he starts walking people this afternoon and whenever he gets in the game, he can be back in Memphis by sundown. Yeah, they, they, There's not going to be a lot of patience here for him and walks. And this is the one pet peeve that he has, that be it Ali Marmel, uh, with regard to how he deals with his pitching staff. Hey, Klebs, I want to go back to Paul Goldschmidt. You have seen a lot of extraordinary players in your career. What in your mind is different about Paul Goldschmidt, where you look at that and go, oh, man, I haven't seen that before, or perhaps I've only seen that in this great yeah, player. You know, that's a great question, Amy, that, that I've been asking different people. I've only seen this once, and that was the year Albert won the batting championship as a Cardinal. I haven't seen anything close to this because, as I touched on, who he's hitting against, and it doesn't make a difference what the count is. It doesn't make a difference what the ballpark is. He's just kept it simple. And talking to Turner Ward, uh, Cardinals assistant hitting coach in his first year, he worked with Goldie out in Arizona. He was a hitting coach out in Arizona with him. And I think that that uh, them uniting once again has really helped Paul Goldschmidt uh, keep it simple. But it, it's a fascinating feat that he's undertaking right now. And if people haven't been watching, it is certainly worth the price of admission. Uh, it's kind of like when you think about the days of McGuire, when he would come to the plate and everybody would stop what they were doing to watch him hit. And we've seen it with Albert when he was in the Cardinal uniform. I think we're seeing it now with Goldschmidt because, you know, the consistency is something we just don't see on a daily basis. And we're seeing it now with him. So enjoy it while you can. Someday he's going to go 0 for 4. There's going to be a day it's going to happen. But uh, until then, I'm going to enjoy it. And I suggest all, all baseball fans, not just Cardinal fans, all baseball fans take this in because we just don't see it on a regular basis. All right, Claves, we'll close on this. Uh, quick thought on uh, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, both sent out on rehab assignments. Tyler O'Neill will be at Memphis. Carlson's going to be at Springfield. So I, I take it that means that it sounds like they're pretty close. I mean, if you're going out, you're yeah. probably not too much, much more than a few days away from having a chance to come back. Yeah, and I think that there are a couple of guys that probably need to think about this. Corey Dickerson, who we signed in the offseason, has Mm -hmm. had some tough time. Now, he's facing Strowman today, and he's hit Strowman as well as anyone in his career. Um, But he and Lars Newtbar could probably be uh, odd men out in that situation when those two are able to come back. And as you mentioned, with the rehab starts, they they have to be reasonably close. I would think – Either you see him in Tampa or they'll maybe just hold him back until we come back to mm. St. Louis next weekend. Some of it has to be how they recover, how long it takes. And also yeah. maybe, maybe especially with Tyler, how's he hitting? Because he wasn't really. He wasn't hitting. No. You're right. And you know what? Carlson wasn't setting the world on fire either. So I think it's more important for them to get their stroke as well as getting their health back because they were not effective players uh, before they were injured. So hopefully they can put it all together when they come back and, and be the players that we saw them be last year. And if they can be close to that, I think everybody would be happy. Yeah, great point. All right, Claves, thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. Have fun there today. And uh, obviously we'll talk to you again soon, man. Well, I'm I'm tickled pink to be part of the show. Yeah, every Friday, listening. man. You guys, every Friday. Are having, you guys are having a lot of fun with it. And, and I hope that everybody understands this is where we show up to do is have fun. Yeah. We'll let somebody else get a headache over the world. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm, I'm just showing up to have a good time. All right, well, we'll talk There's to you next week. There's plenty of people doing that. All right, I'm looking yeah. forward to, gang. Yeah. Have a great weekend. You got it. Mike Claybone. Claybone, for what he's referring to, Claybone is going to join us every Friday moving forward, which is perfect setting, too, because we can talk ball and just have a little fun, too, on a Friday. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I mean, that the experience, the knowledge, and the stories that he has. Uh, you can't top it. I just wish I could see them, like see those stories like in real time. You know, or maybe have video like that'd be great. I just I just want to know what hotel he's at. We need to talk to the bartender. You could probably text him. I'm sure. We'll talk to the bartender. (laughs) Eleven o'clock. Closing time. This isn't Wildwood. Get lost. Hey guys, great first week. Been fun. We'll catch everybody again on the show on Monday. We've got Cardinals baseball coming your way next here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.